0: Welcome to the 100th episode of the Jam Bass podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network. Soon, we'll hear my interview with Trey Anastasio band bassist Desron Douglas. Keep listening for my interview with Tab's newest member. But first, let's hear from this episode's sponsor.
1: This episode is sponsored by Snug Pups. Snug Pups makes officially licensed Grateful Dead dog coats. Now your dog can be a deadhead too. Use the discount code JAMBASE at checkout for 15% off of your order. All Grateful Dead dog coats are made with super cozy double lined polyester fleece or canvas with fleece lining and feature high stitch count, embroidered Grateful Dead Steel Your Face Dancing Bear or the very popular Dog Face Steely Patches on each side of the coat or choose a donut patterned canvas coat to keep your runaway gym or harpua warm this winter. Snug Pups is a family-run business based in rural Pennsylvania with a mission to make it easy, affordable, and fun for every dog owner to be able to dress their dogs for warmth, comfort, and style. Snug Pups handmade coats fit all dogs of every crazy shape and size with a warm coat that is easy to get on and off your dog. Snug Pups love fitting Giant Great Danes and even Mastiffs too. No more wrestling your dog's legs through holes. No more trying to buckle something under your dog's squirming head. Snug Pups coats are simply over the head and one strap around the middle. It's that easy. Your best friend will be so comfy in this fleece. He or she won't want to wear anything else. And all their dog friends will be so envious. Visit SnugPups.net to order your Grateful Dead or Donut Pattern dog coat today. That's S-N-U-G-P-U-P-S dot net. And enter the discount code Jambase when you check out to save 15% off of your coat order. As I noted, this is the
0: 100th episode of the Jambase podcast, though we've also presented a slew of additional installments in support of Jambase's Clusterflies covers compilation, reimagining Fish's album Farmhouse we're so thankful for all who've listened to the episodes we've rolled out over the past four years. We also appreciate all the musicians and bands who spent time talking to us for the podcast, starting with Reed Mathis on our first episode all the way back in December 2017, and including Warren Haynes, Chris Robinson, Amanda Shires, Bruce Hornsby, Billy Strings, Jennifer Hartswick, Lucinda Williams, MC Taylor, and countless others. In recent months, we've switched from bringing you new episodes every two weeks to sharing a fresh installment every week. Some of the guests interviewed over the past few weeks and months have included Bela Fleck, Liz Cooper, Talk, Steve Gunn, and so just Jacob Hemphill. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't, and please leave a review telling the world how much you love the Jam podcast. As far as live music news, October 2021 is turning out to be worthy of Rocktober's past, with many jam-based favorites on the road this month. Dead & Company returned to the stage on Monday in Charlotte to kick off their fall tour. The band dusted off It Must Have Been the Roses on opening night and Crazy Fingers in Atlanta a few nights later during the second show of the run. Both hadn't been played since 2019. Just as you've come to rely on Jambase's Fish the Skinny Hub for the latest fish show recaps, set list breakdowns, statistical analysis, and more, you can now do the same for Dead and Company. The new Dead and Company, The Skinny Hub, is brought to you by Grateful Fred, makers of high-quality decals, car badges, metal stickers, and more. Check out the newly launched Dead and Company The Skinny Hub at Jambase.com/slash dead-skinny. For a breakdown of the band's Summer Tour 2021, and visit Jambase to get the lowdown after each Fall Tour Den and Company show. Fish's Fall Tour starts this Friday in Sacramento, and live streams are available of all 13 shows through livefish.com. As always, we'll be recapping every concert. Head over to slash skinny for Jambase's Fish the Skinny Hub, sponsored by Snug Pups. This Weekend and Beyond for recaps, stats, and more from Fish Fall Tour. Tour date announcements since our last episode have come in from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Joy Alatican, Government Mule, the Disco Biscuits, Dark Star Orchestra, the infamous String Dusters, and more. Visit JamBase for full details and be sure to check your favorite artists to be alerted when they add new dates. Now, back to Desron Douglas. The bassist recently completed his first tour as a member of the Trey band. Desron is an incredible musician, and we started our video chat, which took place just days after the tour ended, by talking about his own work. Douglas told me about a new album he's working on, which should come out next spring. He also discussed his 2019 EP, Black Lion. We then got into Tab, and Desron recalled how he came to join the band. Douglas was first asked to stand in for Tony Markellis while the group's founding bassist recovered from health issues. Markellis sadly passed away this past April, after which time Desron joined the group on a permanent basis. Douglas had long been in the tab orbit and shared stories of performing with various members of the band. Desron did get to meet and hang with Tony in Oakland, before one of the two 2017 Tab shows immortalized on the Tab at the Fox Theater Alive release. A note that Desron mentioned Tab at the Fox Theater was called Burn It Down, but he was referring to the Fox Theater Alive album. The bassist then talked about how he honors Tony, yet brings his own vibration to Tab. Next, Desron got into the process of learning Trey's massive catalog, including both Tab and Fish songs. From there, We talked about TAB's 2021 tour and how it went for Desron. The band made it through a number of lineup changes throughout the tour, mostly due to the members of the horn section and drummer Russ Lawton testing positive for COVID. Desron mentioned how Lawton was key in the bassist becoming comfortable on stage with TAB. He then spoke about performing with Fish drummer John Fishman, who replaced Russ for the final four shows of the tour. Finally, Desron shared his experience on the final night of the tour when saxophonist James Casey rejoined the band for three songs at Radio City Music Hall. Casey had a missed Tab's 2021 tour while he underwent treatment for colon cancer. Listen to Desron on the MoMA dance as the intro to our chat. I'm excited to talk with Desron Douglas, who I've seen play in a number of different projects on the bandstand over the years, including as part of the Jennifer Hartswick Band, before he joined the Trey Anastasio Band for their recently completed 2021 tour. How's it going, Desron? It's
2: going pretty good. It's going pretty good. I'm glad to be back in New York. Uh, I had a wonderful experience on the road with Tab, and uh, I'm looking forward to... uh, what comes next
0: yes uh me as well and i'm i'm looking forward to the the lineup that was supposed to go into that tour <laughs> actually being together for a tour. I, I can only imagine, um, you know, the the reps that you guys will get in the time together. will will pay major dividends before we get into tab. I want, I want to talk about your music. Um, I, I know you've got a new album that, that you're working on. Um, how's that coming along?
2: Yeah. You know, so I've, uh, Right before uh the tour, maybe about a couple weeks before the tour, I went into the studio with my new quartet and we recorded all this new music that I uh sort of literally cooked up okay. during during my time of uh reflection, time of uh staying healthy that we were all going through, you know, the whole lockdown period uh beginning of the pandemic, when I was home, I had, uh, uh, nothing better to do, I guess, um, and wrote some new music and sort of created a new quartet. I formed a new quartet, uh, stepping away from all the other projects, you know, uh, um, I appreciate jam bass for giving me a shout out on my, my, uh, my single, my first single with the, the, the electric version of black flying, you know.
0: On Solomon uh, Grundy? Solomon Grundy, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: Before uh 2020 happened, there was a lot of of uh push with that unit. Sure. And we were recording, we had did, you know, of course, that's what Solomon Grundy came. We had planned on going back in the studio. And uh I really love those guys, you know. They actually that was the band that made me want to play electric bass again, you know. Uh of course there were more than a few people who, who knew I played electric and and actually hired me to play electric, uh, Jen Hartswick being one of them, um, uh, my partner Brandy Younger being one, um, great musician Mike, uh, right. <laughs> yes yes uh, Mike, Mike Nickel, uh, Nickel from Nickel and Dime Mops. I played in the hip hop band for eight years with him. Uh, they had a steady gig at the club Smoke. In uptown and uh, here in the city for about eight years, and that was every Thursday. Um, so, aside from that, there was no thing that was f- actually featuring me. So I decided, hey, why don't I start my own band? <laughs> you know? sure. Let me just take Black Lion and 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 I'll play pork chop, you know, um, and. I began to actually, you know, uh, feel just as comfortable as I felt playing the upright on the electric for the second time. You know, there was a period where that's all I did was play both, you know. Sure. And then of course I hit this long period where I was pretty much exclusively playing the upright. Um so this new quartet was sorta, it started leaning back toward that, just the upright and, but, but playing, playing the music that I was feeling, you know, uh, going, going in a direction that I was feeling at the time. I'm still feeling that, that way. But, but uh, um, when, when Trey reached out to me, I of course picked up the electric again and, began playing and began writing music on it. And so I have four tunes that we recorded with electric, even a tune that I'm singing on, believe it or not. Um, so I'm looking forward to mixing that should start mixing in the next few weeks or so. Um, going to go to Chicago. I'm working with this label international Anthem Okay. that put out, they put out the duo record that I did with Brandy. Okay. Um, and uh so i'll be mixing in chicago and and doing some more recording doing some overdubs of uh, vocals i have three songs that are going to feature different uh vocalists <clears throat> so i'm looking forward to that and of course continuing my relationship with the city and the creative music scene and teaching i've I've been teaching at NYU now. This is my second semester. And what classes and, do you uh, teach? Well, I have an ensemble. Okay. Some talented students. And I have three students who are studying with me on the base specifically. Very cool. And it's uh yeah, yeah, it's cool. You know, the program at NYU is very hip. It's uh centered around New York uh professionals, you know. Um New York is sort of a place that's still very much the center of the universe in regards to um, art and creativity as a whole, you know, uh, entertainment, you know, whatever form of art or beauty. In New York is still the center of it as funky as the city is it's still the center of the universe you know? no so. doubt no doubt <laughs> and, and that was all
0: great until it became the center of the pandemic but exactly. that is
2: neither Believe uh, me I here lived in it. there <laughs> I lived in it yeah me too I lived in it I lived a few blocks from uh, Mount Sinai on Madison uptown uh Spanish Harlem so you know it was constant reminders. 24-7 of no reminders of what's happening and, you know, for yeah. a long time. This, but we, we made it through. We did. We're here. We're here. Uh, we need to, whatever we need to do to stay here, we should really try hard to do that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And
0: just, we had talked you know. about Black Lion, just for our listeners that are unfamiliar, that was a 2018 EP that, that you put yes. out. You yes, yes. Excellent. Which was
2: recorded. That was actually recorded back in 2014-15, around that time, and it was a series of sessions. And because I'm a perfectionist, you know, I didn't really like anything. And then it was Brandy that forced me to go back and listen to it, and she's like, you spent all that money recording it, you better do something. You know? <laughs> so I found, you know, I found six songs that I really liked and worked on and, and, and put that out. But that kind of got my juices going to do the leader thing again. You know, uh, there was a period in my development where I was leading a lot, you know, with, with, with uh, the nudge from Jackie McLean and all the other OGs and mentors around me, Uh, griots, you know, people that were masters of the music were nudging me to lead and I was doing so, you know, and I got better and, better at it. And, and, but New York is a, uh, very much a fast city. And if you want to keep those bills paid, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you join the workforce, the workforce may not necessarily be, uh, conducive or inviting for me as a leader, but there is some, uh, some pockets and some people that do believe in me. And so I've been been blessed and and grateful to get some opportunities to lead once again at, at this, this stage in the game, you know?
0: And so we'll be on the lookout for, for the new
2: album, I would say, would you say early next year at this point? You, You know, in the past, I've been eager to say, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but uh You'll, it'll come just when it know comes know that it's happening next year and, <laughs> yeah. and most likely in the spring you know spring. but that's the best i can say in spring of 2022 you know i don't want to sit on it too long and neither does the label matter of fact while i was on a tour um uh, the two label execs were hitting me up constantly like man we're listening to these roughs you know What's happening? Let's make something yeah. happen. I'm like, it hasn't even been a month yet. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm.
0: well, you know, as I said, I, I I saw you play a number of times with Jen. Um, but but I and I know you've discussed this in in other interviews. But um, for for our listeners, um, can can you talk about the process of of, of how you came to join the Train band?
2: All right, cool. So, me and Jen met in 1999. Um, what was her freshman year in college? What was my redshirt freshman? My redshirt <laughs> freshman year. You know, it, 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 we both graduated from high school that same year, but I actually got a job, and it was a phone call from Jackie McLean that made me, you know, start to join. So I joined his advance ensemble the second semester of her freshman year. But I had actually uh, um, um, started playing with some of the students that first semester. You know, I was playing in a bar band and working uh, the graveyard shift at a uh, at Fleet. Bank. I don't know if you remember Fleet Bank.
0: Sure, that's
2: <laughs> what right, led right. to then Bank then of America. From... <laughs> exactly. I used to be <laughs> Fleet. Well, first it was Fleet Bank, then it was Bank of Boston, right? Yeah. And then it became Bank of America. And then so, you know, so anyway, I was working in the mail room at Fleet, and then Jackie called me and I began playing with the students. And I met Jim then. And then I joined Jackie's advance ensemble. And it's at and Hart, anyway, right. This yes, yes, this is at the Hart School of Music, uh, Jackie McLean's program. And uh me and Jen became instant friends, you know, she's a brilliant musician. She was a brilliant musician then. Yeah. You know, then and she still is now, you know, it's just even better, you know. But uh um we became instant friends and then as soon as like you know, I really got used to her being around because they weren't too many great trumpeters, you know. And, you know, as soon as we all got used to her being there, you know, sometimes you can take for granted how great someone is. You know, sure. we're all friends, we're all hanging. But in the big picture, when it comes to like the music, you know what I'm saying? As uh, soon as we got used to her being there, she got called from Trey and ripped away from us, you know. And so it was then that I first learned about Fish. Um, I, while I was in high school, I was a fan of the Dave Matthews band and, 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 and that scene. And of course, other bands, I had listened to a lot of different music, but I actually attended Dave Matthews band's concerts. And I didn't really get hit to fish until when Jen, uh, got through that from Trey. You. Exactly. And of course I became a fan, um, definitely a heavy fan of, uh, Trey, you know, uh, and I got to sort of learn all about him through her over those years. And of course, uh, in 2000, I played the Berkfest with her and we opened up for Modesky Martin and Wood. And it was on that gig, which was the first, uh, it might have been the first Jennifer Hartswood band gig that I played on with her. Uh, it was, that's when I met Ray Pachowski um, and Russ Lawton. And of course, there were some other great musicians in that band, this guy named Dave Diamond. He was on guitar and uh, um, I'm trying to remember who else was in that band. Um, But uh, trombonist Andy Morose. Oh, right, um,
0: former member of TAB, yeah.
2: Yeah, he, you know, I actually met him, you know, it's funny, I met Andy at Litchfield Jazz Camp when I was 18. And he was, I think he was like, Sixteen, seventeen, uh, and then a few years later, Jen's like, "Yeah, we got this trombonist, Andy Barrows." And I was like, "I know him, you know." So, <laughs> so we smart. played together in Jen's band, you know. Um, so, I, you know, just like that, that process of working with Jen in her unit, I began to meet other musicians who were playing in the Trey Anastasio band in that that world that scene she was literally my only connection to the the jam band scene um and uh i think it was i'm not going to be exact but fish played a concert in las vegas i think this was maybe 2004
0: right in april
2: yeah They played a a concert in Vegas and Jen got hired to do the after party. And so this is my first time to Vegas, man. I literally got off the plane and lost 50 bucks at the slots. Uh, You know, like the slot, you know, there's slots when you get off the plane. I literally, and then I was drugged. I was bummed for like 24 hours. Like I already lost money. You know, I'm cheap. You know, that was similar to my
0: situation in Vegas. Yeah,
2: (laughs) man. I was super cheap then, but anyway, we get to the uh, the the gig and the gig started late, maybe started around 1, one thirty in the morning. And so about an hour, 10 minutes into our set, Trey shows up and sits in and we play for another 45 minutes to an hour. And I, you know, we, you know, I just remember, you know, him playing the snot out of the guitar for like 45 <laughs> minutes, you know. That's a great description. And we just vibed. Um, and then I didn't see him face to face again for maybe 10 years, 10, okay. 10 or 11 years. But I knew, you know, I knew all about him. And, and of course, Jen would always, uh, I was working with Jen through the years and she'd always talk about the band, you know, uh, constantly talking about the band. So I felt like I kind of uh, knew them. She, she loved Tony. She absolutely loved Tony. She would always say, you know, he's her favorite uh bassist. And, and then of course I would get jealous because I, you know, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to be her favorite bassist. But you know, bass is bass. If you're playing some bass, you know, that's all that really matters, you know. You know, if you're doing your job and you're you're doing your best to support be a support system and everybody should like everybody, you know, everybody should be everyone's favorite. Bring because you're doing your job, you're, because you're doing your job, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I felt like I knew Tony before I actually met him. And we met uh, maybe about 2018, if I'm correct, when Tab was recording that Burn It Down record, maybe it was 2019 at the Fox Theater. Okay. In Oakland, right? No, San Francisco. No, no, that's Oakland. Oakland, right? yeah. Fox I think State. it was
0: 2017
2: in Oakland. In 2017, Oakland. I- That particular gig, I was at the San Francisco Jazz Center with Robbie Coltrane that same weekend. And we had been doing something. I don't remember what the project was. Maybe it was a Love Supreme project or something. Something was going on where I had a day to do nothing or I had the day free. And Jen said, why don't you come by our our sound check? I was like, cool, you know. Went by the sound check, got to meet Tom, walked right on the stage and Tony was right there. I walked right up to him and we chopped it up for about 15, 20 minutes. I checked out his bass. I didn't touch it, but, you know, he he was sitting there playing it. And I was, you know, uh, uh, I was so glad in hindsight that I had that encounter because I finally got to 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 close a um, I felt like I'd known the man never met him. You know never actually officially met him face to face. And so I'm so glad we had that moment. Um, and then of course that's when I saw Trey again and and you know, I got to listen to their sound check. They sounded amazing. And then I went back and played some bass with Ravi. Um and so fast forward, uh, literally fast forward from that moment, that was the last time. That that I actually saw Trey, uh, face to face. Um, fast forward to uh, what was it? Maybe April or May of this year. I'm not quite sure when it all went down because everything's a blur. But maybe about April or May, uh, out of the blue, Trey called me. It was morning. And we talked and he basically let me know that Tony wasn't well, Tony wasn't well enough to travel. And we pretty much talked about Tony for, you know, a good 30 minutes. And then he asked me would I be open to playing music with him? Would I be interested? Uh, I said, of course I would, (laughs) you know? Tony was still alive at this point? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, but I guess the doctors had told him, you know, he wasn't well enough to travel. Okay. You know, so the whole conversation that, that pretty much dominated the, the, the the topic that dominated the conversation with me and Trey was all we want is for Tony to get better. Right. You know, this is the time he can take this time to get better. And if, if a job comes up, I'll, Step in and and cover, you know, until Tony can come by. You know, get better. And it was then that I said that you know I'm I'm not trying to be Tony. You know, those are, you know, I can't replace twenty plus years of music. You know, but what I can do is is be the best that I can be for the band, and con- contribute my vibration to their vibration always honoring what was built, you know, um, you know, you can't learn this music without knowing and learning Tony, Absolutely, you know, it's, it's, a, it's very much. So a study in Tony Markless, you know, um, if you're, if you're not hip to him, um, outside of, of, uh, what he's done and you want to listen to Trey's music, it's a study in Tony. A heavy study in Tony. So, um, but Trey totally said that he wanted me to be me. And um, that was an important thing for him to say to me, because at this point in my life, man, you know, I'm 40 years old. I've done my absolute best to be uh, the best musician I can be for a lot of great band leaders, you know, that I've had the blessing to be around. Um, and I feel like it's time for me to do, uh, what I want to do. You know, I've, I've, uh, not, not to say that, you know, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing, you know, but I don't feel bad about, um, taking this different journey, you know, um, Uh, so it was almost like perfect timing when Trey called me, you know, on as far as where I am in my life, you know, uh, if, if this had been four or five years ago, I would have straight up been like, man, I would love to, but I'm not, you know, I can't, I'm not in that, you know, I'm not in that headspace, you know, like literally, literally, you know, one thing I don't like to do is set myself up for failure. So, you know, it has nothing to do with how great someone is, you know? An opportunity, uh, uh, Jackie McLean used to always tell me, time is everything, son. You know, when it's time, you'll know what to do, you know? And of course, I've had opportunities to 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 go down a lane or a different lane many times so far in my career, and and I hope to God that I'll get more opportunities, but I know that I'm only going to take an opportunity if I'm really ready for it. You understand? So, yeah. in the sense, when that phone call happened, I was in a good place in my life, and of course, the last thing I want to do is is uh, um, uh not be a contribution into helping Tony. You know, uh uh uh, this is great bassist, who at the time of that phone call was, was, uh, not well was wounded and was in a position to get better. And so the last thing I was going to do is, was, was let, you know, the opportunity came to me, you know, it's like a soldier, you know, you get the next soldier, soldier, this is the mission. Can you do it? Such and such (laughs) as, you know, I was like, all right, all right. You know, this is, you know, this is for the greater good. You know, this is, you know, this is, you know, I'm doing this for myself. I'm also doing it for Tony. So we did a rehearsal, uh, uh, two days of, uh, jamming at Carol music. And it was an absolute blast with, uh, Ray. The first session, the first session we did was Trey, me, Ray and Russ.
0: Okay. Just to follow you.
2: I was very comfortable because me, Russ, and Ray, we've already had a vibe. Yeah. You know, like we had a vibe for almost 20 years, you know. All the times we've gotten together to play, we had a vibe. Uh and then so then I, I think Trey immediately felt that connection. And then of course, those two days, I really got to got a chance to connect with Trey, you know, musically to hear where he's going, hear the similarities and the way we think. Um I can you know you know, I very much understood his his uh way of communicating, and it was those two days was very much positive, you know, very much positive and and it felt good to me, you know, Trey felt good, Ray felt good, Russ felt good. And even in those rehearsals, we were talking about Tony getting better. That was the main focus, Tony getting better, you know? And so what was already an awkward feeling for me uh, became even more awkward uh, a month or so later, maybe five weeks later when Tony passed, you know, when he transitioned and Trey, uh, you know, Jen actually told me, and then I talked to Trey and one of the last conversations that me and Trey had before Tony passed, Trey was just on the phone with Tony and, um, I guess they had talked for a long time and then Trey called me immediately afterward and said, I just got off the phone with Tony and we talked about Tony. You know, we talked about, uh, music. But we talked about, you know, the main focus was Tony getting better. And so I went another three weeks, went, you know, immediately back into what I was doing, working with my quartet, working on the music. And so then when Tony passed, it was like, wow, you know, uh, wow. That's all you can say. It, 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 it was a somber feeling. Um, uh, at the same time, I felt an immense amount of pressure to, to, uh, to say something, you know, to, to just to let everyone in the band know. And that's exactly what I did. I, I hit everyone up and... You know, basically said whatever needs to be done, you know, You're whatever there. needs to be done, I'm here, you know um, And so I was, you know, it wasn't really an audition, you know, or that's what when when uh, when the social media announcements were made, I kept seeing this word. Oh when was there auditions there was auditions you know it really wasn't that you know i came into the mix to be there to to just sub for tony mm-hmm. while he was getting better and, and 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 that's why i did this that little two day jam that we had worked out so great that everyone felt good about me learning this music you know uh you know it's not uh you know not every day you decide, okay, today I'm going to, uh, uh, join a situation with 25 years worth of music, you know, plus all the music in the band leader's head, you know,
3: yeah.
2: you know, it's an immense library with that band itself, that band, you have 300 some odd tunes, and then you have the library that's in, uh, Trey's head, you know? Mix that with the library of music that's in Ray's head, the library of music in Russ's head, the library of music in Jen's head, and Natalie's head, and James's head, and Ciro's head. I mean, Ciro has been—you know—the bandstands that he's been on. Meld that with the the amount of music that's in my head, you know, which is always expanding. I'm not just going to, you know, voluntarily say uh, I'm gonna add this huge emotional chunk to my library, you know, yeah. uh, it was a divine and, you know, like a divine happening, a, 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 something was in the universe and it brought us together, you know, literally. Uh, um, And, you know, I enjoyed myself. I knew I was. Uh, the music vibrated on a very high level from the moment we all got together to rehearse until the very last note. Uh, And even though some of the members of the band changed throughout from that first rehearsal to the last note, uh, the vibration was still very much the same never changed the steady high vibration. Uh, And yes, a lot of music, a (laughs) lot of music, a lot of music. Um, What were Trey's expectations
0: of you learning his repertoire coming into this uh, order?
2: He had no expectations. He just, he just basically, he said the same thing the first day that he said, you know, maybe the the couple of days before the first rehearsal, he said the same thing, just do what you can, you know, learn what you can, you know? And so, um, but at the same time, when he said learn what you can, you know, it's very funny. Uh, um, I had learned the record and then I got hip to the Live Fish app and I was learning some, you know, tunes here and there. And we said the and record, then, uh, Burn It Down, okay. their last record. Oh, okay. The last record. You know, uh, I learned that whole record. And, uh, and then I, you know, began on my own time because I had a bunch of things I was doing. You know, I was still... At that time, I was still producing Brandy's record. Um, you know, I was working with my band. I was, you know, working with Ravi, um traveling you know a lot was happening in my life so i was taking my time every day to check out some of the music and 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 uh learn it and then when we got the official email trey sent this list of like a hundred and some odd tunes and i was like whoa yeah i was like whoa you know uh but it it was to be expected you know uh and uh of course, that got, that got whittled down for a little bit, but let's just say uh, um, we may have rehearsed about 100 tunes before okay. the tour. Wow. And we, we, we took that material down to about 80 that we toured with. But uh, because of the situation, an additional uh, thirty to forty tunes have been soaked into my head because of the situation. You know, a lot of those fish fish songs I really didn't know. Okay, um, because know, of the
0: situation uh, of the change to the lineup.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah. got to roll with the punches. So Absolutely. The library changed, yeah. and so you know, and it was like boom, boom, boom. Um- So I really couldn't reflect on what was happening for the for the last three and a half weeks until two days after I've you know <laughs> been home, you know, because I was literally focused. Um I mean this is what I do, I play the bass. It's yeah. it's no different than when I was nine years old and my father was looking at me in church and he said, you don't play anything except the bass line. that's that's what I told you to play I told you to play that you don't play anything except that if you do that great you'll be great you know so uh I mean this is you know I've 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 learned this music with my ear for so long and I've prepared myself on so many different bandstands learning so many different styles that I always, you know, it's funny. I talked to Cyril about this. We were talking because I had to ask Cyril, you know, he's been on so many bandstands and this band has, so, you know, an immense library of music um, that they deal with, that, that they really deal with, you know. Trey likes to keep everything fresh every night, you know. And I understand that as a band leader, that's, you know, if you have the library, use it, you know. <clears throat> um, especially if the fans know it. You know, it'd be totally different if you play, you know, seven or eight songs and people in the audience are like, what song is that? You know, <laughs> but when 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 the fans come out and they know every song, you know, why not use it? Why yeah. not play them? You know, we are
3: geeky.
2: Um, right? <laughs> well, you know, you fans of the music. Uh, no doubt. Uh, uh, man, when I go to Japan and play this music, this, you know, play jazz music that was created here. In the United States, when I have played concerts in Japan, there has not been maybe one or two songs that I've played there. I've toured Japan at least 25 times in that time, maybe two, maybe three songs that the people that come to the concert don't know. And maybe <laughs> that's that's because it, it was an original. This is the right. first time we're playing it. You know, first time anyone in the world is going to hear this song who just wrote it. Uh, You know, two months ago, we're showcasing it on the tour. You know, that's why. But other than that, they know the music. So the fans of the music. Right. Um, So going back to what I was saying. um, What was I saying? You were talking to Zero. Oh, yeah. So so I asked Zero. uh, You know, I said, man, you know. Because he had asked me, he's like, man, how are you learning some of this music so fast? He's like, man, you know, you know, you know, you know, he kept coming to me. He's like, man, I'm not sure how you're doing it. So then I asked him, I was like, man, you've been on so many bandstands. I'm sure you can always find, you know, there's never one thing we have to remember as musicians and as creatives is that there is nothing new. There's nothing new. There's only different ways of saying it. You know, so you know. I'm sure. You know, I said to him, "I'm, I'm sure there's something. There's a rhythm something that that reminds you of something else." And okay, you etch that in your memory. Okay, oh, that that's this song. It has that rhythm, or it has this. You know, little things, little things. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, you're exactly right." There's, you know, oh yeah, this rhythm is. You know, th- this reminds me of this. You know, and you use that. You that's a tool to help you memorize or. To help you remember okay we're about to go down this street you know i'm not you know i'm not familiar with everything on this street yet but i do know that that fire hydrant is always red yes. you know you know what i'm saying uh, you know and every time i pass by this you know that that part of the street i see that red fire hydrant you know and and okay then eventually you'll be you know next time you go down that street you'll be like oh yeah and Mrs. Williams lives over there, and um, yeah, that's where Mr. Graham lives, and and and, and the uh, the Johnsons—they have a, a a pet poodle that always <laughs> runs. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm mean, yeah. I get the you know uh, like metaphor when you're learning something. You know, uh, so um, that that actually is the key to how I literally focused and learned all that music. And literally, you know, two days after we're all home, I had a long conversation with Jen, and she even said to me, she's like, I don't know how. (laughs) She's like, I don't know how you did it. And I told her, I was like, there was going to be no way that I wasn't going to do it. You know, I Were there mean, ever
0: times Trey called for a song that you were completely unfamiliar with? Oh,
2: many times. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was in rehearsal, you know? Right. And we also did some rehearsals during sound checks, but you know, in rehearsal, he, he'd, he'd uh, call out a tune and I'd be like, and then he'd be like, well, okay, we'll learn that one. And he'll, you know, I'm man, since I was, since I was, uh, the baby, I'm always the baby in the band. One thing I learned, the OGs used to always tell me: if you don't know something, son, uh, 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 don't be the reason why the song doesn't happen. Sure, <laughs> you know, if you don't know something, son, learn it. You know, if you don't know, and and sometimes if 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 uh, if everyone knows the song and you don't know the song that doesn't mean that they're not going to play the song. Sure. You know, so be ready to learn it, you know? So I was always, okay, someone be like, hey man, you know this one, I don't, you know, let's play it though. Trust me, by the time we get to the end of it, I'll know it, you know? Because like I said, you know, you go down that street, okay, there's a red Cadillac right there, you know? Next time I go down that street, I'm noticing everything else. Okay, now we're here, By you know? By the time we finish the tune, I can probably give you a tour of the whole neighborhood. Yeah. you know uh, you know, so it was a lot of music. I you know I really can't say that, and and but thank God for the the fans who overall were very welcoming and very much accepting of uh, what I had to give. Um, I did my absolute best and I felt like everyone did their absolute best to embrace what was happening. And in the process, something beautiful was created. Um, You know, uh, there's not going to be a moment in this band moving forward that's not going to be honoring Tony in any, you know, in some way. You know, there's there's just about every moment in this band is always, you know, Tony, it's just like the Rolling Stones. You know, we just lost Charlie Watts. Yet, you know, a good friend of mine and and a great musician, uh, Steve Jordan, he's playing with the, you know, with the Stones now, you know, and and it's every night it's it's paying homage to Charlie, but he's doing it in his Steve, Steve Jordan way, you know, no doubt. Uh, that's all you can do, you know uh, is 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 become a part of the family. you know the you know every uh, every unit out here is a unit for a reason. you know there's you know even um, uh, a Trey happens to have a band where every piece of the band can step out front and lead if if need be, you know? Um, Every piece is strong. So, uh, And the whole concept of the band is team ball, which I love that. I love that. It's all about the greater good, you know? Um, Which is a reason why I also had a good experience uh, because it's not about me, it's about the music. And I gravitate towards situations like that. I've actually thrived in those situations um, where it's not about me, it's about the music. But you know what? I'm gonna play the fuck out the music. <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> no doubt. You know. You know. So uh, you know, my that's something that my father, my father's a, a gospel musician, guitarist. He's all uh, he happens to be a pastor now, and his church is it's it's a coincidence. My father's church one year anniversary is this Sunday. This coming Sunday. Uh, so shout out to my to my dad, Much Alton Timo Doug- Douglas. Yes, Alton Timo Douglas, Pastor Douglas. Pastor. Um, yes, sir. Um, um, he would always tell me. He said, "Listen, you know, because I wanted to solo. This is this is around the time when I was first learning how to play jazz. I wanted to take a bass solo. I was I was ready to take a bass solo. So we'd be playing church programs, and I'd be playing the bass line. The next thing you know, I'd like." Do a little something different, you know? And he'd be like, wait a minute, you're taking away from the spirit. He was like, You can shine, just be you. Do your job, you'll shine. Like, don't don't see, he said, everyone that tries to shine does not shine because they're trying to. If you focus on what you're supposed to do. You know, everyone always has their moment. So I'm never looking for a moment. All I want to do is, I mean, let's be realistic. There have been too many, too many amazing musicians who have picked up the bass and, and, and created beauty in the history of music, period. So who am I? You know, all I'm trying to be, it's just as strong as them. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to be. Just as strong as them. I'm trying to pay homage to James Jameson, Chuck Rainey, Donald Duck Dunn, you know, uh, 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 Jocko Pastorius, Nathan East, um, Alfonso Johnson, you know, Tony Markkulis, you know, uh, 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 Jack Bruce, you know, uh, 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 you know, the the masters of the instrument, Marcus Miller, you know, there's, there's too many great basses on the electric um, yeah. to, you know, to even think that you're doing something. Just play the bass, man. Just play the bass. And that's all I want to do. Period. Absolutely.
0: And. You know, one of the crazy things that happened along the way during this tour was um, the members of the, the Horns cu- coming down with, with COVID um, and, and then Russ Lawton getting COVID, um, which led to an interesting situation for the last four shows where the band played as a quintet with John Fishman on drums. So how, sure. how, how was your experience
2: with John Oh man, John's an incredible drummer, you know. Uh, that is for sure. He's super creative. Um, and I enjoy playing with him. We had a good time. We had a good time. Uh uh for me, it was always the same agenda, the same goal, you know, playing this music. Um, so uh I approach, you know, just like I approach everything. Man, you know, um, um, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but sometimes I feel it is. I never really get starstruck or giddy over musicians. There's only one musician who still makes me feel this small whenever oh, i'm around let me have it who is
0: this that's,
2: that's ron carter you know okay. i mean you can't you can't i mean that's the maestro you yeah. know ron is like you know that, that's ron carter he's played more bass than anybody period you know um you know he's a great electric but anyway um i get starstruck over athletes you know um And being around OGs, you know, Victor Lewis used to tell me there's no hierarchy on the bandstand. When we're all on there together, we have an agenda. And I truly appreciated that about Fishman. He came right in and did his best to to, uh, take over for Russ. He even said it, man. He's like, I'm trying to play, you know, I'm trying to give you guys what Russ would do, you know? What would Russ do, you know? So uh, it was the same agenda. We're playing this music. We're out here. We're hitting. Let's just hit, and in the process, some really creative things were happening. You know,
0: no doubt. And while you may have taken the the same approach and everything, the jams went a lot longer and deeper. I mean, these some of the longest jams in the band's history in years. Was that the game plan coming in because Fish had to learn the material?
2: <clears throat> so. Man, if you listen back to the to the fish app, if people are checking out the fish app, there were some long jams on those first two nights with the uh, Russ. We actually yeah. played longer. That was like that was the beginning. We were getting there, you know, yeah. you know, it, you know, um, um, I don't think it was an agenda but it was a situation where you let the spirit happen and okay. it just happened, you know? Um, you know, uh, there have been times where I grew up playing in church and just when the song is over, someone catches the spirit and then, you know, the drummer will hit a run. The next thing you know, the song goes on for another five minutes. Then you try to end it again. And then the next thing you know, you know, so That's all the spirit. Those jams were happening because they felt so good. You know, not that we didn't know how to get out of it, you know. We just didn't want to get out of it. And and, you know, literally, uh Trey would play something to spark an idea. Fish would play something to spark an idea. Ray, you know, Ray's always throwing ideas out there. And and You know, there were times where Trey latched on to something like we all latched on to something different that Ray was playing, you know, and that created something. Cyril would throw something out. You know, Cyril would change the whole timbre. Next thing you know, we're here. And that began to happen on those first two nights. I think that was uh, Charlotte. And Nashville. Yeah. Charlotte and Nashville and Asheville, um that was happening those first two nights and then we were looking to continue that when we got to Pittsburgh you know um and then russ russ um uh, you know it, that when russ went down you know i think things really kind of got real yeah for everyone you know um and Fishman came in and like Batman, you know. And, <laughs> That's and, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. And and, and what happened happens. That's all we can say. You know, um, when you try to explain something, you kind of take the magic out of it.
0: Fair enough. Fair.
2: You enough. know. So so, all I can really say is you know, the things that happen with Fishman, you know who knows if we try to do it again, it might not sound like like that. You know, that was literally for those audiences. That's the beauty of music and the beauty of, of life. When you combine the two, which should always happen. And that's how you create art is what's happening for that day is happening for those people in that moment who are sharing it together, you know? So, and, and luckily it's all recorded and you can hear it. And relive it, you know, you can relive it. Have you relived it? Have you listened back to any of the stuff from the tour? Uh, Man, you know, there was a period during the tour when we were with the full horns where I would listen back to certain specific songs that I knew I could be better on. You know, uh, let me listen to what I did, you know, because I really didn't mean to play that note or, you know, uh, being being a perfectionist, I'll be the first one to tell you when I make a mistake, there's no shame in my game. You know, this, this is life, you know, uh, the, 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 focus is me trying my best to be on point. And in the process you might make a mistake. So I, I was listening back to correct what I wanted to correct, you know, not necessarily, uh, um, not a vanity thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been in some situations where I know some people who listen back to, to hear how great they sound, you know? Uh, me, I don't like listening back nine times out of 10 because I'm like, oh, man, I'm always going to hear some, oh, man, you know? Yeah, it's I know painful, you're perfectionist. But, you know, It's painful when you hear something that you didn't want to do, you know? Meanwhile, you know, someone else might be like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about, you yeah. know? But me, man, it, it's really painful. Like, oh, why did I have to do that? And you know, you you know, I apologize, You know, and with with this band, with this book, there's a lot of subtle things, a lot of subtle things that that you know, there they might be this small in the grand scheme of the tune, but that little part makes everything, you know. And so I had to, I, I actually had to listen back to a few songs that was giving me some trouble. You know, the MoMA dance uh, gave me some trouble. That's In funny. Rehearsals, that, you know. That's
0: the song that I think for, for me stands out as my favorite of what you contributed to this tour. That, that's interesting that you bring up I, MoMA dance. That, so that's that's uh, one
2: that that you struggled that, with. Man, you know, the MoMA dance, you know, that, that's got some twists and turns. Yeah, no know, doubt. That one. And, uh, Uh, push on till the day, you know, it took me a while, you know, you know, because Tony on push on today, you know, you know, that's, that's the Tony Markless tune, you know, there's more than a few tunes in that book where it's like, you gotta, you know, start with Tony, you know? Um, So certain tunes that gave me some, some, And there were a lot of tunes like that that we didn't play, you know, uh, Landlady. It it took me a while to really get that one, but I'm confident on, you know, confident on that. Um, uh, You know, there were a couple other tunes that had some some things in it, you know, and and, you know, we actually played one with uh, Fishman. You know, like I really wasn't familiar with that song. uh, Um. What is it called?
0: Undermined?
2: No, 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 what, Is it Tube? Did we play something yes, called the Tube? Tube? yes, this Tube,
0: yes. That was, uh, Trey, I hadn't played that with you yet before you played it in, uh, I think that was the first night of Radio City. It,
2: it, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we played it at the, you know, that was my first time playing that tune, you know? So, you know, in, in hindsight, that would have been a tune that if I, you know, was learning that tune early on in the tour, I probably would have been listening back to it. But sure. I was already in a mode, you know, by the time Fishman came, I was literally like, you know, uh, uh you know, you know, trying to catch, you know, uh, uh, trying to catch for Roger Clemens, you know, who, uh, who was probably a better Red Sox than he was a Yankee, you know, you know, even though, you know, I'm a diehard Yankees fan, but you know I was really in a mode where I'm catching, you know, okay. It's a slider, you know, it's like, you know, you're here, you're here, you know, I'm in that mode. So complete reaction mode. So everything that was dropped on me, I was just like, you know, I I was in a state of numbness. Let's just do it. Let's do it. You know, (laughs) no, no sense of uh you know no need to even you know uh uh stifle the process by saying i don't know something or saying you know you know hey man what's that like i was literally looking at trey like just play you know i'll you know you know yeah you, you,
0: you know that fire hydrant on mrs yeah, uh <laughs> mrs marsh's uh corner sidewalk and you'll get yeah, it. yeah yeah
2: yeah you know what i'm saying so so uh um you know MoMA I had to really listen to MoMA a lot you know and because when you listen to the Fish versions they they do it different yeah just you know just about every time and so um listening to Tony play it and then you know when we were in rehearsal you know Trey kind of uh Sort of gave me clearance to figure it out for myself, you know. So I felt like, um, felt like that was one of the tunes that I was also, uh, truly being me on it, you know, um, not, not, not playing what someone else played, but playing the song, you know? Right.
0: And maybe that's why I appreciated that so much. Cause again, I, that was coming into this conversation. I mean, that was one of the songs that for me and listening back to a bunch of these shows really stood out for me. You're playing on that song was just incredible. and, was really glad to have seen that i went i went to the last night of the tour i went to uh the second night of oh, radio nice. city and that that was one of the the highlights for for me nice, um, man. so it's interesting that that tune gave you struggles at first but i guess it well, paid man, off in the know, end
2: <laughs> well you know because uh fish plays it so differently and and tab plays it differently right you know, so when I was learning the tune, it was like two heads. It's like, you know, like, you know, Trey's like trying to show it to me the fish way. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Russ is like, this is the tab way, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I learned both at the same time, you know. Nice, but, nice. you know, uh, you know, I will say this. Uh, there is music, you know, uh, Um the music is all well-documented. So um, anytime I needed help, you know, I had a little iPad there. And uh, I pretty much, by the time we got to the the Met in Philly, by the time we got to Philly. Just about halfway
0: through, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did New Haven. That was third. Right. No, that wasn't halfway. That it was, was almost four. halfway through. Yeah. Halfway through was actually Wilmington, I think. Okay. Got it. So, but by the time we got to the Met, I was not really looking at the music, but like I've always been in every other situation, I like to have, uh, you know, in case someone asked me, Hey man, where does Miss Johnson live? I can be like, oh, Oh, wait a minute. She lives at 38, (laughs) 39. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Right down, you know, you you know, so, uh, I got into a mode and this is the first time that I ever used that technology. You know, I'm very much a dinosaur, man. I'm used to like, you know, that's one thing that, you know, everyone said that I had in common with Tony, you know, Tony had a thick book of music paper, you know, which I love. That's, you know, that's my shit. I'm, I'm like, Give me the paper. The pen, there's nothing more assuring than man-made power, you know? It's like, I know exactly what it takes to write something down, and it's in your memory, you know, uh, versus let me put the passcode in, find the page, you exactly. know, get it. You know, meanwhile, 20 million notes have gone by already, you know? So, you know, I had to figure out that technology. and And that actually helped in sharpening uh, me knowing something. You know, uh, there was a period during the first three nights specifically, Portland, Boston, and New Haven. Whenever Trey called a tune out, whatever the next tune was, I was literally immediately looking at Russ and screaming at him, what tune is this, you know, meanwhile, Russ is playing it and he's trying to figure out the name of it, you know, and he's like, you know, cause it's a lot of music, No doubt. you know, but, but, but he knows it, you know, he, you know, so he's playing, and he's like, you know, by the time he would t- tell me the title, you know, I'm already like, Oh yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, sensing. So it, you know, very helpful, you know, Russ, I, Russ was my, you know, I actually gained so much more love for for Russ on this tour. Without him, I know I would have failed. That's that's for damn sure, Wow. Man. Okay. Without Russ, without Russ, I know I would have failed because he was more than helpful on on me uh, memorizing um, the certain things about the tunes to. To get me quick. At the same time, he was like that drill sergeant, you know, it's like drop and give me 20 now, okay. <laughs> drop and give me 20, you know, Trey would call a tune. And, but you know, it, it was important for me to get on the band's level, you know, and the one element that was difficult for me was being quick with it, you know, yeah because I'm, I'm 20 plus years removed, man. Yeah. I'm trying to learn, you know, you know, all this information in a short period of time. And so, you know, Russ was helpful at the same time he pushed, he was, he was pushing me, you know, and, and we began to push each other, you know, you know, it was literally like, you know, let's get deeper into this groove. Let's, let's lock harder, you know we were almost like a steady train, man. Every time we hit the bandstand on this tour, we were a steady train. And 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 I haven't gotten that with many drummers, uh, period. I've only gotten that with some of the senseis, you know, Louis Hayes, uh, Michael Carvin, you know, um, 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 the great Ralph Peterson who we lost, you know, where, um, you know willie jones you know jonathan blake you know uh uh neil smith you know when you get on the bandstand with them you know it's the time the groove the feel you don't have to worry about any of that you're just playing the music you know you don't have to worry about if something's going to fall apart you're just playing the music cuz you're you're both already in that steady train you know um <clears throat> so I really, me and Russ were already like this, you know, we were already super tight beforehand. Great Every every time we got on the bandstand together, it was a blast. This tour, man, I actually peeped, peeped, you know, how beautiful a player and beautiful a cat Russ is, you know? And I'll say it again. If it wasn't for him, I probably would have failed, man. I probably would have, you know, but he was like, man, I got you, brother. We're That's, in this together, you know. We're in this together, you know.
0: And so, is 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 Russ okay? And are all the bandmates that tested positive for, for COVID? is is everyone okay?
2: Yeah, everybody's great, man. You know, okay. uh uh you know, they made you, it you, know through. you can use this interview as a commercial for the vaccine. The shit yes. works, man. Yeah. It works. Glad to hear. You know, it. it works. You know, I you know, truthfully, it works. I'll say it again. The vaccine works.
0: I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And uh, just a couple more questions and I will uh, let you get on with your weekend. But um, did you know, you mentioned that it was important to you that Trey, the guidance that he gave you was to be yourself. Now, Mm -hmm. when you were rehearsing or shedding or learning the stuff, were there any times, though, where he had a specific instruction when it came to something that he wanted you to play in, in any of the songs?
2: Uh, man, you know, in the whole grand scheme of things during those four days of rehearsal that we had, there was maybe, uh, three tunes that, because I didn't, know them, they were new to me in the library of music. He asked me, you know, and those tunes happened to have been tunes that Tony had played iconic bass lines on, you know, like the parts that they were actually became Tony's parts became the song. Okay. Now there were there were a lot of songs like that. But I was already approaching, he didn't have to say, he didn't Trey didn't have to say anything because I had already figured out okay this tony's baseline is the song okay so i'm just gonna play you know i was already approaching it that way you know so he didn't really have to say that but when i learned quantity
1: sorry about that my
2: phone acts like it wants to die learning quantity uh trey you know told me check out what tony's playing first you know before i started learning it and then you know You know, that was, he, he he said something on that song on, on push on till day. uh, There's a certain part where you get this horn shout chorus. you know, you know, he said, there's a part, Tony plays an iconic part there. He said something there. And then on, on, uh, on that tune in rounds, I actually learned that on the, uh, the, uh, sound check. So, um, it was literally, you know, um, you know, Trey was like, well, this is what Tony Well, actually Ray, but Ray said, this is what Tony plays on that.
3: Okay. And it was you just yourself. a,
2: you know, it, 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 you know, just the riff, those were the only times that anything like that happened. And, you know, that's a pretty good percentage in the grand no scheme of 150 plus tunes no that actually soaked in, you know, <laughs> I no. mean,
0: "Quantity" is a song that uh, Trey didn't play for about fifteen years. Uh, he played it the, in, in two thousand and twenty for the first time in years and years. So, if if that's the one that uh, one of the three uh, as well, it's it's quite impressive. And, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, you know, I mean, it totally makes sense because the bass line is the tune. Yeah, you know. So, and and you know, a role like the bass you know, certain vibrations become, you know, the tune. You know, you can't have uh, the song Jamaica Funk. You take that bass line out. Boom, boom, tch, boom, 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 you know. Yeah. If you take that, you change that up, it's a completely different tune now, you know. Uh, no, no. You know, just like the Ghostbusters theme, you know. Yeah. Ray Parker, Ray Parker Jr., you know that whole Huey Lewis in the news. You know it's like, hey man, at least change one note of the bass line. Right. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey man, at least change one note. You know?
0: Absolutely. And, and finally, uh, you know, as I said, I saw the final show of the tour on mm-hmm. Sunday, and it was such a beautiful moment when James came out and got man, to you play know, with the band. What what, that, what what was your experience with that,
2: that? that moment? to me it was everything because uh, James and I actually got together and hung out maybe about a couple weeks after he got back here from Hawaii. And we were talking, you know, you know, we were excited about uh, the upcoming tour. I think this was, this is maybe about a week and a half before he got the diagnosis. Right. And we're again, we we're oh, talking no. about James Casey, the uh, tap surgery yeah. for, for you know, colon uh, cancer. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, um, during that, you know, during that hang, he had sort of briefed me, you know, okay. it was like a briefing on the the whole situation with, you know, with the, with the culture, the, you know, the, you know, just the culture of, uh, the scene and, and the music, what to expect and, 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 you know, the tour bus life, because I would never been on a tour bus before. There. You, you oh, know, wow. Had, 25 he had, years. He had briefed me on everything, you know? Um, so, well, man, you know, I've never been on a tour bus, but I've been in the Mercedes Sprinter luxury sure. vans of like, tours <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, planes, you know, private, pla- you know, like, you know, planes and, and limos, you know, you know, uh, however you tour Europe, I've done it all except yes. for a, a, uh, tour bus um, bus. So anyway, uh, when, after everything had happened, you know, when we got to that Sunday at Radio City, that sound check when James showed up, it was almost for me like the full circle had been completed (laughs) with me going back to when Trey had called me initially sure you know like everything came to a conclusion you know it, james was the only piece of the puzzle that that i hadn't played with yet in that situation i played with james in many other situations you know right. but he was an important part of that situation and and he you know he wasn't in that beginning of the journey of with us but he was with us the whole you know the whole way you know uh coach maya stepped in and 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 did his thing you know and him and james are tight so um you know the sax chair was was uh upheld you know valiantly but when james came back man you know there's only one james casey you know he's a great vocalist uh you know he's a fantastic amazing Uh. soloist. I actually missed his sound and it was good to hear him on soprano. I hadn't heard him on soprano much. I you know, I know him as a tenor player, you know, me as well. He's got a great soprano sound, you know, sort of reminded me of Grover big time, you know? So I was like, you know, okay. You know, it it, it was literally came full circle and it was very, you know, I'm sh- I know it was an emotional moment for everyone on that bandstand, specifically James and Trey, you know, but, Ray, Ciro, you know, we were all, Fish, you know, we were all in it together. And I'm just giving my personal take on it. It was, everything came full circle. You know, I was so happy to see James. It was like, thank God I made it to this part, you know, when it it, it was literally a warrior tour leading up to that. That was our... That was our reward for making it there, you know, being being able to to be on being able to be on the stage with James, you know. Excellent.
0: Well, I look forward to actually seeing James on the road with with the band and and you guys getting plenty of time together to uh, continue. Mm -hmm. And I I thank you so much for the vibration that, that you brought to to that band and. Um, it's a beautiful thing that it, it, it still gets to go, be, get, keep going. And, um, you know, I certainly love the, the respect and what, how you're just con- continuing what, um, Tony built and, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me too. Um, mm-hmm. so thank you so Good much up, for your man. time.
2: I appreciate the support from you and Jam base over the years, man. and, and- please continue to uh, keep rocking with me you know we, uh, we will we'll be on the lookout um, for the new album yes 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 and 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 uh, uh, soon forward with the tab rocket ship you know soon forward.
0: end of episode 100 of the jam bass podcast 100 episodes wow we want to thank our longtime producer jake alexander for producing this installment and nearly every episode of the podcast we appreciate you jake our theme music is cable car strut from alexander's clanging and banging project also thanks to deseron douglas for taking time out of his schedule to chat with me we'll be sure to keep you posted when the bassist announces his next album finally thanks to you for listening we certainly couldn't do it without you take care and go see live music if you can do so
3: safely